everyone. Welcome to the Self-Awareness Journey Podcast. I'm Melissa Albers. And I'm JJ Parker. This podcast is for seekers, seekers of happiness and joy, seekers of a centered approach to success in life, seekers of their true, authentic selves. Get ready for some real talk on everything from anxiety, emotions, and habits to love, compassion, and forgiveness. We know you'll be challenged and enlightened by this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive in. You have been doing a lot of leadership development events lately. I know. It's so fun. (laughs) I love it. And um, (laughs) so let's, uh, would you do a leadership development thing with us? Yeah, for sure. I (laughs) would love to. Yes. Oh, oh, right now. No. uh -uh. (laughs) Thanks for asking. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I'd love to. So you you come. Yeah, you come uh, to me with like a bunch of like different different activities, frameworks, ways of mm -hmm. thinking. Yeah. Um, And it's really fun. It's always really fun for me to hear the events you Mm, run for your clients. So let's let's talk about one you recently did. Yeah, I, th- I really like this one. And this one had so much um, interaction with people. It really resonated for a lot of folks. So I just thought it might be kind of fun for us to, to talk about. And it is called um, The Four Steps for Developing Emotional Self. Uh, sorry, Four Steps for Developing Emotional Competence. Mm. So it's basically the fancy way of saying learning for learning how to be your own leader, mm-hmm. like self-leadership, right? And I found this quote that I thought was so interesting and it really resonated for me, not just at work, but at home too. And that is, everything flows from the person you are. Leaders or people get into trouble when they put their desire for results before their willingness to develop themselves in areas of competence and character. Mm. So I think there's always this big push to lead, you know, with your own skill set. Mm-hmm there's a lot of it's it it always makes sense when people are going to training to learn something new from a skill set perspective but it isn't often that we talk about learning competence like how do we become competent in our character well right competence in our character just on that specific point we see it all the time where you become like a technical leader right you're the one that knows the accounting systems Mm -hmm. the best you're the one who knows the software systems the best and mm-hmm, exactly. um, and everyone maybe looks to you as the it, because you have that technical competency, but that often doesn't make you necessarily a good people yeah. leader. Yeah, exactly right. And I, and, and it goes on. Oh, I would oh, say sorry, that this ahead. you know in that work context, but uh, you know this leadership context happens all over your life mm-hmm. too. Like it doesn't necessarily mean to yeah. be at work, right? It could be at your church. It could be at your, mm-hmm. you know, your kid's school volunteering, um, could totally. be in your, you know, in your own house. Yeah. Um, yeah. You my, ever tried to get kids out the door yeah. after supper for a sporting event <laughs> without using that's without, that's you. where my technical skill really right? falls down. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares how good you are at work. <laughs> and what, what I think is really interesting is this little blips goes on to talk about that given enough time. If there's a difference between what a person says they want to do and who they really mm. are, people will discern it and that discovery will repel mm. them. 
On the other hand, a person who displays consistency of character, competence, and purpose makes a really powerful statement to the people around them, and they draw people to mm-hmm. them. And I think that's true. You can you see this falsity sometimes where people are, you know, pretending to be a certain way so that they can get their mm-hmm. way or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? I was I yeah. had this like uh, I think it's just definition of a leader that I always liked was that um, a leader gets people from where they are to where they need to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And that yeah. doesn't mean that, that you do that through, you know, maybe super tactical or technical ways. It's it's a, mm-hmm. most of the yeah, time people. it's through an emotional way. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I, and I think that's such a great entry point to these four steps because there's so many times that we have all these emotions running in the background and we think that we can either ignore them or no one will notice them if we're trying to accomplish goals in the moment, you know, if we're just mm-hmm. focused on the external stuff going on. And um, so as we talk about this, it's effective self-leadership requires you to be aware when your emotions are negatively impacting how you perceive situations, how you're making decisions or solving problems, or you're collaborating with others. So your your emotions are negatively impacting how you perceive things. Mm. So this is what this is all about, is becoming a little more discerning and recognizing when that's happening. And the goal is to develop our ability to effectively manage our emotions so that they can actually inform us how we're feeling, but they don't define mm. us. So is what you're saying and there... I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, like if... Uh, if we've got negative emotion, we're going to start seeing everything in a ha- glass half empty mm-hmm. kind of way. You're going to start taking yeah. things in not quite the right context. They won't be seen clearly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, you know, more simply put it, let's just say you're really tired. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning you and I are hopping on this pod and we're we're getting all ready to go and we're both tired. And we just say, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired too. And having that reflection moment Mm -hmm. and kind of talking through that is being very aware of how we Mm -hmm. feel, right? And it's kind of informing us of how we're feeling. And, you know, it it frames the situation differently. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we had no conscious awareness of how Mm -hmm. tired we were. And if we were to both go in. Yeah. Oh, go Uh, ahead. You're saying like, you know, uh, things like tiredness. Uh, mm-hmm. We had talked yeah. about how there was that study about how what judges um, sentenced oh, yeah. like harsher that was so interesting yeah like harsher penalties yeah. right before lunch yes because they were hungry they were hungry so the, these these yeah. like factors of tired hungry <laughs> mm-hmm. you know things really do affect mm-hmm. our decision making yeah absolutely and what's so interesting about our topic today is that we get affected by these things, but we also get affected by other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. And those emotions can trigger us into a place that we don't want to be or don't need mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> right? So um, so that's what really what this is. These four steps are learning how to develop our own ability to manage our own emotions so that they can inform us and not define us. Okay, so are you ready? Oh, yeah. We, we didn't start yet. Okay, let's go. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I was just my setup. That's your setup. Come on, I'm an extrovert. 
I got to use more words than you. You'd be like, okay, here are the four steps. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. All right, the first step um, is learn to pause. Mm. And so when you are feeling negative emotions, um, if you pause while you're feeling those emotions, it allows you to regain your balance and perspective before choosing your best action that aligns with your values and your goals mm -hmm. situationally. So taking a moment to pause. And it also allows you to catch up with your negative emotions before you end up reacting. Mm. That's so hard to do. Remember, <laughs> I, yeah, well that's why we're trying to learn more emotional competence right here in this call. We'll see how we do after we hang up. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there is something about but human nature is... that, and that, again, you know, I. I oftentimes try to bring it back to like the survival instincts, which is still very yeah, strong in exactly. us. Um, something negative mm -hmm. happens in the woods and we want, and, and for survival, right. we have to react to it fast. We yes. are not living in right. the woods exactly. and I do not have a bear chasing me. <laughs> not mostly. most of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so in our modern environment, it's not natural. Yeah. It doesn't feel natural to, right. to put pauses in between um, emotional no. eruptions no. <laughs> and reactions. Oh, that's a great phrase. Well, and the other thing is, too, is so often we've been conditioned. We all have PTSD of some variety, mm -hmm. I think. You know, we all have conditions in which we have these knee-jerk reactions mm -hmm. to things. Um, and, and it's so difficult to stop mm -hmm. that chain because it is that fight or flight. That's what it is. We have honed that mm -hmm. fight or flight instinct to such a um such a high degree but this this portion learning to pause understanding which conditions at work it says but i think it can actually be anywhere understanding which conditions consistently cause you the most frustration anger or anxiety allows you to prepare strategies to respond instead of that constant reaction that fight or flight mm -hmm. as you mentioned okay so it lists out some of the major triggers that what? <laughs> you said that like things at work the the learn to pause is been most effective at home it's like kids have such a great mm. way of pushing your buttons so the oh, point where you're just like gonna yeah, I know. lose it yeah i think the word is manipulate that's the word you're looking for <laughs> little manipulators yep <laughs> yeah if they don't get one one where it goes somewhere they go to someone else <laughs> but here's what's interesting so um, let's just talk about some of the hottest triggers mm. that f create negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And again, um, the focus was at work, but I would, I just want us to keep talking about this. Like these are the hottest triggers for feeling negative emotions full stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. Right, so there's like eight or nine of them. Unreliable. If people mm -hmm. are unreliable, if people are unappreciative, mm. I think that's a, that's one of mine for sure is if people don't say thank you. I love doing stuff, but if people don't say thank mm -hmm. you or they don't at least head nod towards something, I get really annoyed by that. I shouldn't, <laughs> but I do. Um, micromanaging. Watching people micromanage. Yeah, everyone loves to be micromanaged. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, abrasive. Mm. When, you see, when you see people being abrasive. Hostile. Mm -hmm. Um, overly analytical, 
don't oh. know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know why I stopped to laugh at that. <laughs> Aloof. And then there's a couple more. Self-centered. Mm. And untrustworthy. Mm. So that those are really those are really big triggers that cause negative emotions when we mm-hmm. see them. So I'll just a quick quickly again: unreliable, unappreciative, micromanaging, abrasive, hostile, overanalytical, aloof, self-centered, and mm-hmm. untrustworthy. Um, I actually feel like there's one that they missed, and that is um, disrespectful. Mm. I feel yep. like. That has been a topic you and I have been talking a lot about just in society more recently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really big one as well. I'm sure if we sat here, we'd come up with a bunch more. Oh, yeah. There's 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 plenty of triggers out there. <laughs> no shortage of triggers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So that might help people as they're sort of navigating this conversation within mm-hmm. to try to decide, like, all right, in the, in the moments where I'm in full cry emotionally before I realize I am... Um, what are the triggers that got me here? And you and I talk about this a lot, but I love this premise of recognizing other people's behaviors mm-hmm. rather than big situations that we always talk about. Yeah. You know, other people's behaviors in our interaction with them can absolutely trigger us and oftentimes do. Yep, and it can be little. This The the thing that mm-hmm. I've, I'll notice is that it's not like... Uh, a, often a trigger is not like a giant tsunami wave of like emotion, Mm -hmm. not like a big, huge, you know, as seen on TV drama that plays out right in front of you. A lot of times it's a lot, it's a bunch of these small little things that happen and through the day. Yeah. And they're just like another little wave, another little wave. And then it just starts like building by the end of the day, you're like Mm -hmm. fully Mm -hmm. looking for stuff. Right. Yeah, it's true. So that is the first step to having um, more emotional competence, effective self-leadership, is really understanding what behaviors in other people are causing triggers mm-hmm. within you. So that's the first pausing. one. And then pausing. And then recognizing it and then yes. pausing. Yeah. And the, pa- well, the pausing also is to help mm. you recognize it. Because sometimes you'll have like this little hit, like, ooh, what was that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, I think... What usually happens, especially if you're preoccupied or thinking about other stuff and you're in a, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, you're trying to get your to-do list done or you're in the car or you're in a hurry or something and something can kind of set you off and you, you don't even really recognize it other than it's just like, oh, yeah. that. So maybe what, recognize what it and that? then label it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the second step is to breathe, to calm mm. your emotions. And we have an intuitive understanding that our breath can calm mm-hmm. our minds and our emotions but most of us, um, like you've even heard, there's lots of phrases like, would you just take a mm-hmm. breath? Like, right? There's all kinds of comments around breathing. Uh, what's so funny is we take it for granted. We don't think about it because, well, hello, we have mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> but using your breath as a tool is massively mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, if you just search breath um, work on Google, it'll come up mm-hmm. with a lot yeah. of really amazing and different techniques mm-hmm. on how to use your breath to control your emotional state. Well, I just so happen to have one to talk about. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't Um, Google it. Probably mentioned it on the (laughs) podcast. No, no, Google it. Definitely Google it. And this conversation that I've done, I don't know, probably five or six times in the last few weeks, 
has created all sorts of other um, options that I didn't mm. even that I wasn't even aware of as it relates to breath work. A lot of people were talking about specific apps on their mm. phones, mm -hmm. meditation apps. There's a app called Breathe. Mm. Um, there's there's a number of oh somebody also said on their Apple Watch there is a breath um, app mm. that you can just push mm -hmm. a button on your watch and you can instantly be just mm. practicing a little breathing. Nice. So um, yeah so. I think again, like since it happens automatically, we don't really give it much attention. But the truth of the matter is, is that breathwork is actually one of the most common ways that people, professionals, mm -hmm. will offer um, creating more stability within your system. There's a particular one that's called um, the four seven eight breathing, and I I know I've talked about it on the pod before, but it's worth mentioning here. And that is to inhale for four breaths, and then pause for seven breaths and then exhale really slowly for eight breaths and by doing that four times it literally resets the nervous mm. system and that will help sort of calm your emotions down and at least get you hopefully to a more neutral mm -hmm. space um, it's used in therapy it's used in meditation it's used in um, a doctor's mm. You know, it's 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 used in a number of different modalities. So that's something that. Oh, and it was also used in Ted Lasso, oh. <laughs> my favorite show on Apple TV. Yeah, that was what Ted Lasso did when he was trying to settle his nerves down was to just calm mm -hmm. his emotions enough so that he could get mm -hmm. a handle on things. So I think that's a really interesting one. And then number three to effective self leadership and um, is to name it. The simple act of naming your emotion helps your brain move it from areas of your brain that are equipped to address physical threat, exactly mm, what you were I talking about, ahead. JJ, to the, <laughs> you're that good, and you don't even have any of my yes, notes. True. <laughs> <laughs> you're that good. But yes, it, it, it helps us move the, it, it helps our brain move it from the areas that are equipped to address physical threat to the more rational parts mm. that serve us in problem solving, in relationships and in creativity. Mm -hmm. And neuro, scientists like to say that naming your emotion helps you to mm -hmm. tame it. So I really like that. Um, so for developing it's, emotional competence, that's a really It's funny, step. like I always remember um, when the kids were young, we had like a, a poster, mm -hmm. an emotions poster on the wall. Oh yeah. Right, to, to, oh, to help them. Uh, name mm -hmm. their emotions. I have a pillow. And when we got mm -hmm. that, I looked at it, and I'm like, do I have that many emotions? Because I, I was like, it seems like a very large list that I'm, and I, I don't know if I experience all these. <laughs> so, yes, well, so as an adult. Pra practice more self. <laughs> I mean, well, I, you know, I don't, not to be able to, like stereotypical about it, but it's sort of like, a, you know, like the, the male version of the world. It's like, <laughs> what emotions do you have? Tired or hungry? So was, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those yeah. Emotions. Was your was your poster like the size of a post-it yeah. note? <laughs> but was it just like a four-color quadrant right. with four emotions: hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Yeah. Next. <laughs> but, um, but joking aside, it is actually kind of hard to name your emotions. 
Like you do really yeah. have to, yeah. it's not, I mean, maybe for you it's easy, but for the rest of us, it is actually kind of hard. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not easy. You know, yeah, you have to really, is. you do have to sit there and be like, oh, what, is, what is that? Because yeah, um, we're not, I know. we don't practice that. You know, at least I don't practice right. that. No, I think you're right. And, and I think that, you know, this is where, as we've talked in the self-awareness journey, bringing it back to that so clearly your body will is an indicator mm-hmm. right your body can identify your emotions before mm-hmm. your brain does um, and so being able to just take a moment and even scan your body is a really good way to try to name your emotion and it sounds funny and it doesn't sound like they connect but they are totally in connecting for example um, sometimes when I was younger in my career um, I felt a lot more competition with my peers mm. And I was mm-hmm. in sales, so competition was the name of the game. But um, there, there was an unhealthy competition that is very different mm-hmm. than just standard, you know, what makes you mm-hmm. better competition. And my unhealthy competition would make me so nervous um, and anxious that I wasn't going to do as well as everybody else. I wasn't going to look as good or whatever. That I would get major mm-hmm. stomach aches whenever I would have these moments of anxiety or kind of scared of how I was mm-hmm. being measured, right? That's where I would, it would hit me in my stomach. I would, I wouldn't be able to eat. I would be, my stomach would get so upset. And that is something that has been with me since I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a, as a now 56 year old, um, there aren't as many times where that happens for me, but there are still times where I might feel mm-hmm. anxious about something or, um, like if I'm speaking on a new topic that I haven't been speaking on a long time, you know, I, I have this self-performance mm. expectation. And so I might get really anxious about that and I'll mm-hmm. feel it in my stomach. So, um, and I think we get really good and we all have really high pain tolerances for what our body's trying to tell us um, because we're so used to our body informing us all the time that we start mm. to ignore it and in mm-hmm. emotions. And so I think... This is the naming it to claim it piece can be very well served by just taking a moment and scanning Mm -hmm. your body. Like, where are you feeling those Mm. common feelings Mm -hmm. of reaction? And what are they, what are they, what are they informing you about? If you could Mm. name it, Mm -hmm. what would you name it? So I really like that. Okay. Last step. I'm ready. Are you ready? (laughs) What can you control? Understanding. just in a very practical sense, um, having the awareness that by defining the worries that you can let go of because they're beyond your influence and your control is a huge way to release um, the strong Mm -hmm. emotions and the strong triggers that occur. I was listening to Mel Robbins the other day. She's a amazing thought leader. She's just a little whippersnapper (laughs) firecracker. She is in, she is, she's just this little peanut, but she's very blunt. She's got real blonde hair and black mm. glasses, like Clark Kent glasses. And um, she's, she's not every, not for everybody, but she's for a lot of people. She's very, very popular in the self-help industry. And um, I was listening to a little blip on her Instagram account. And she said, we always talk about what mm-hmm. if this happens? You know, we have these strong emotional triggers what happens if we switch it to Mm -hmm. what if it doesn't Mm. (laughs) you know like like what can we control it's right in here it's like 
well, this could happen and this could happen. Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't? Switching the question that you ask can absolutely help yeah. you understand what parts are within yeah. your control and which ones well, aren't. Well, I think we're we're all tuned and very good at figuring out what you know what could happen. Like, what are the threats? Right. That, that we're, our brain is constantly going with all these scenarios. Like, yeah. To again to try to keep us safe, but that when that's put on right. like exactly. hyperactive mode, it really doesn't doesn't keep us safe anymore it actually does more harm than good so i like that idea what what if one of all of this stuff i'm all these different scenarios that i'm constructing don't happen because they probably won't happen right um right like there there is exactly not you know in a global context there's a lot less control i think than people think yeah and yes, I agree. And the other thing I think that happens a lot is that we look to other people to change what they're doing around us so that we feel more emotionally mm. stable. And we're mm-hmm. doing it all the time. Like I always use the example of my poor husband because he is, he mm. loves chips. Okay. He loves chips. Have I told no, this like, on the you talk like potato he chips or like chips. tortilla chips? Like all the chips? Yes. Okay. Uh, anything. All the loud <laughs> chips, anything that anything he can in a chew, bag. Yeah. and make the rin- the fring- frickin' windows rattle because okay. of his chewing, right? But I use this example because I might say, like, you know what? I am gonna relax. Like, I am, I don't mm-hmm. have anything going for the next couple of hours. I'm gonna just chill out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a magazine. I have a whole stack that I never get to. I'm gonna read all this fun stuff, and I'm gonna, I get, I'm gonna get something to drink. I sit down, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> I can hear him chewing from across the house and it sends me into orbit. (laughs) The sound is so annoying. So instantly I'm triggered. Now, this is ridiculous, but it is true. This is a perfect example of the human nature because I will shout, I can hear you chewing from across the house. And he's like, whoa, I'm chewing with my mouth closed. But essentially, I'm saying, listen, you can't mm-hmm. do that because I'm mm-hmm. trying to do this, mm-hmm. right? And how many yep. times do we do that? Everybody else needs to you know, have these different responses so that we then can feel like mm-hmm. we're in our centered space. And it's simply not mm-hmm. going to ever happen if that's the expectation that we have. The real way for us to have that is through effective mm-hmm. self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-leadership. You also dropped a really good, uh, you know, like marriage tip in there. If anyone's like dating and looking to get married, you just have to find someone who you can tolerate their chewing. That's it. That's it. That's the whole key to finding a a compatible partner. That's it. We could could do a whole pod on all the different questions I've asked Mitch about his freaking chips examples why do you have to eat six at once why can't you just eat one (laughs) so this is a good list so pause breathe name it and understand what you're in control of yeah i hope it helps i mean i i just think we're always looking for ways to plus one people's personal experiences with themselves you know and and the more Mm -hmm. we can the more we can get in here and and just you know unpack a little bit at a time clean out the closet a little more at a time I always say you might be in self-help you might be in personal development or professional development where you feel like no I already cleaned that closet out but 
It's mm-hmm. so typical that you open up that door and you forgot yep. a whole shelf, right? Or there's just well, more to go. And <laughs> like a lot of this stuff, I would say that um, this is simple, right? Pausing, breathing, yeah, naming, exactly. and mm-hmm. context. Like yeah. those, that's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Simple doesn't mean easy. This no. is actually really no, hard exactly. to get into mm-hmm. your like daily, hourly, or <laughs> minutely routine. Yeah. Yeah, it is just a habit. habit. It's learning a new habit is what it is. Yeah, and I don't, I I understand what you're saying about hard because learning any new habit Mm -hmm. is definitely difficult. Um, And you can just start with something little. You know, you can have something on your phone that just says, okay. It's none of us are perfect at at, uh, at this awareness. So it's a a constant um, working on that habit. It's a (laughs) lifelong (laughs) development. Exactly. Did you enjoy this episode? Please go to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review so others can discover it as well. Growing self-awareness is a lifelong journey and there's always further to go. And it's better when we're all in it together. Please think of someone you know who could benefit from hearing today's conversation and share this episode with them. We can't thank you enough for listening. Until next time, happy exploring, seekers.